welcome to the Mastermind Owls podcast, the number one Web3 podcast in the world where we help entrepreneurs, digital content creators grow their online presence. I am your host, Creative, and today I'm with my co-host, Kaylin. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to master your social media marketing. What can you do as a business owner, CEO, digital content creator to grow your online presence using social media? If you haven't done already, go ahead and grab a pen and pad and take some notes today. I am very excited for today's discussion. First, I want to say hi to Kaylin. Kaylin, welcome. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Hope you're having a great Thursday. And I want to give a warm welcome to our guest here today, Nikki. She is a subject matter and she's going to be our subject matter in today's topic. Nikki is a content creator, storyteller, digital strategist, graphic design artist, producer, social media guru, and a team leader at Polygon. Nikki, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a it's a pleasure to have you here today. And uh you and I met about like 2 years ago. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it was and it was at uh, at, uh NFT NYC. I think it was 2022, is that right? Or 2020? Yes, uh June 2022. June 2022. G- June 2022. I met her at Polygon Studios at the time. Yeah. Uh if you guys know pre 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 uh <laughs> right 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 when Ryan White joined and uh, you guys were throwing an event. And the event was like having like really intimate discussions around like uh, metaverse, digital artists. And I met a lot of amazing people like uh, Sebastian from Sandbox, I had Gia Mm -hmm. from Spatial. But I saw this, 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 this lady walking around, this take, taking photos, uh, directing people what to do, had her laptop with her the whole time. And I'm like, who's that person? And uh, I finally got introduced to that person. That person was you. Yes, that was me. I remember running around like a crazy person and sitting on the floor of like this like nice, like really like cozy, you know, panels and all the stuff. And I'm just like sitting on the floor. People are like stepping over me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm tweeting. <laughs> you you i mean you you were um i know there was a whole camera crew that was there there were photographers yeah. that were there there were speakers there and you were pretty much like uh you were all over the place uh in in a manageable way telling people what to do and you were like live tweeting and i kind of glanced at that and i'm like is she is she the one that runs the social media accounts <laughs> and and i'm like that's who i need to talk to so um, we, we connected and uh, one of the things I do remember is that there's a really long line to get in and you grab me, you're like, come on, you're with me, you're fine. I was like, oh man, so I always have, <laughs> always have a, a sweet spot for you. But one of the things I saw is you were creating a community and you were creating a community online, you were showcasing results and you were really building on a brand. And that brand is is Polygon. And I would like to get your intake of, of how has been your journey working for Polygon as a social media manager? Yeah. So I started out small potatoes. You know, it was Polygon Studios at the time, just helping run the account. Um, and honestly, that trip in particular, the, the one from NFT NYC in 2022, really defined and set the tone how we do um, IRL capture 
and sharing that like experience digitally, right? Not everyone from around the world, you know, because we do speak to a global audience can go. So being able to capture what an in real life experience is and showcase that online, that event really set the tone. Um, and, you know, I started in January, 2022. And honestly, I feel like it's been 10 years because, you know, in crypto, everything's longer, but um, I have really grown a lot. I was just over the Polygon Studios social media account and now am over all of the social media accounts um, for uh, Polygon Labs. And it's honestly been such a whirlwind, um, but I love I love it at the same time. Yeah, you probably have the most power out of anybody at the company, I feel like, because, uh, you know, you can create a tweet, you can you can create engagement, and you've done a lot through the last couple of, um, over the last couple of years, and when Polygon first started out, like, what was, like, their target audience? How many followers did you have back then, and, and what do you have, like, now? Yeah, so for them, we had various Twitter accounts, um, and... I worked a lot on really, I guess, consolidating some of them. So the audience really knew exactly which were official handles. Um, at that time, it was really hard to tell what official handles were. The blue check marks on Twitter, for instance, um, or X now were hard to get and it was just really confusing. So I worked very hard to consolidate a lot of our channels. So our main channel, um, uh, which at that time was OX Polygon. I think when I took it over, it was 1.4, 1.2 million, something like that. Um, and it has grown to 2 million. I think last year we got to 2 million. So I don't know, that was like less than a year um, to 2 million, which was really exciting uh, for us. But, but yeah, it's just, um, I think, whew, it's a lot, guys. It's a lot. <laughs> So you started off kind of like a, a one one woman show, right? Uh, where are you guys at now? How big is your team? Like who's on your team? And and and, and t tell me about that process. How how that's working out for you? Yeah, I have a team of three, uh, myself and three, um, and guys. I love my team so much. Um, they just. In Web3, there is so much to talk about, and it's so amazing, but I just have such an amazing copywriter, Skylar. She's so good, so witty, so funny, really trying to break down these really technical concepts and make it a little more palatable for a wider audience. Our audience is developers, obviously. We want developers to use the technology. Um, but I think, like, you know, there also is this wide ranging audience that needs a little bit more help with the really deep technical stuff. And so she does a really good job on breaking it all down. We also have Smokey, which some of you may or may not know, but he, um, go look him up on Twitter, but he is our community manager. So he's the one you're going to find in the DMs and he's commenting to, um, to different people on there. Um, and he also hosts his own AMAs and hosts a lot of AMAs on our channels. Um, and he is so good at community building. So that's, that's where we're at. Um, we also work cross-functionally with so many wonderful people. Um, and so we've got like so many people working on so many designs and videos. So it's just, there's a bunch of creatives 
and just because it's on social doesn't mean it's like all me. It's like a, a, a team working really closely together to like deliver all of that stuff. One of your strong suits that I've seen is not only social media, but the video content creation side. Mm -hmm. And this is something that like Kaylin and I have been talking about is like getting people to engage with your videos. Uh, you have done a really good job with your campaigns uh, when you first started out doing like the weekly uh, Polygon. I forgot the yeah. name of the, the show. Yeah, the weekly oh, briefing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the weekly briefing, really educating and helping people. And that takes a lot. But you also uh, took took the leadership role um on scale mm -hmm. um can you tell us a little bit of like what that was like and and what were some of the outcomes do you mean like going over like all of it globally uh yeah i guess kind of producing that type of campaign when, oh, when you're yeah. trying to hit such a large audience and you know capturing videos interviews and in that session yeah so for the content i mean that is my bread and butter like i love the video content i love that's what i love working on from start to finish from like concept to release um and there are like kind of three big moments that i've worked on the weekly briefing that was a weekly uh update show um that we did all i think we did all of 2022 and like some of 2023 um, and I really wanted to like rethink it. So, you know, I kind of put that, put that down, but that was like one of our most successful pieces of content every single week was the weekly briefing, which was, there's so much going on at Polygon Labs that sometimes for the audience, it's hard to keep track of. So it was this every Wednesday we would come out with this show and it talked about just things that were going on in the ecosystem. So you kind of had this bite size. If you're going to, if you're going to listen to anything, listen to this so you can get it all really quickly. Um, and so actually that's coming back. We're coming back with that, that next week, actually. Um, because we're again at that season where we need, there's so much going on and we really want to make sure everyone has the information in a format that's like really palatable. Um, so that was really successful. One campaign that we worked on where we did a lot of video content was the ZK EVM mainnet beta launch that we started out. So we went, let's go back to NFT NYC um, 2022 from NFT NYC 2022. I was like, I looked at the numbers of all the video content that we did because we showcased an event in a way we hadn't done before. And I was like, I want to repeat that for our next event. Where are we going next? We're going to EC, uh, ECC in Paris. Okay, let's send that same team that was at NFT NYC and let's take it to, um, to Paris. And so we kind of had this wacky idea of, you know, we were going to be announcing something very big um, that we were going to attempt the ZK EVM technology. It wasn't ready, but we were going to announce that we are trying this thing. And so we had this wacky idea like, well, why don't we just make a documentary at the same time? So we worked with the production team like, hey, you're already going to be there capturing in real time content. Can we also do uh, I don't know, let's start filming a documentary. And so we knew there were going to be three pivotal moments throughout the year. And so at every event that, that they went to, that they were going to go to anyway, we also had them do some documentary style stuff at the same time. So that campaign was really amazing because we took everybody on the journey in real life as we were going to these different events, hitting different milestones. And then at the end, when we hit that last milestone, we were able to go back to ECC one year later and premiere a documentary um, in real life at ECC. And it was such a beautiful, powerful moment. Um, and that 
truly that kind of content is like my favorite content is just like a really good video content. Hi, Nikki. It's so great to speak with you. Hi. Yes. <laughs> um, I did. Yeah. So I think this is a pretty overarching question before we dive in and following on the fact that you just said video is your favorite content to create. I'm wondering how you think about developing the voice across all of your social accounts. So obviously there's got to be some consistency from the Polygon mm -hmm. Labs umbrella, but each each sort of interaction can tend to take on its own life. And so I'm curious how you have developed the voice over time and how you work with your team to keep it consistent. Yeah. And this is honestly, I'll answer it, but this is also something that we're also working on in the moment. Um, so there's this thing in Web3 where you want to be very technical, but you also don't want to not have any fun. So there's this balance of like being technical and fun at the same time because crypto Twitter is fun also, you know? Um, so I would say where we're working towards, we obviously, we need to work on it. We, we have some things that we'd like to fine tune on how we deliver information and our tone on how we speak online. But at the end of the day, like it's setting up your messaging and your tone up front when you do like your a branding exercise and then picking a tone for your entire brand. And then each channel that you have that goes along with it can have its own little quirks that still lead back to that master voice. So for example, for our main channel, I would say it's, it's technical and fun. Um, it's not going to be super meme heavy. It's going to be for like the widest range of audience. But when we have something like, um, you know, our devs handle or our DeFi handle, we're having a little bit more fun in there because those like that audience, like DeFi, I don't know if, you know, what kind of audience we have here, but like DeFi likes to have fun on Twitter. And that's where we also have some of that. So I feel like it's being very specific on, you know, those small little quirks on each channel that lead back to like your master brand. I love that. And uh, yeah, when you have a lot of different channels and that's one thing I noticed as like a, mm -hmm. as a uh, audience follower, uh, each channel has their own purpose. And I also need to find those other channels so I can get that consistent yeah. uh, communication. Uh, so I'm super excited to dive into today's topic of, you know, mastering social media. I have, Kaylin and I have put some hard questions together. I'm not going to lie. We we definitely we definitely found some hard questions and I think this is really going to help people that are creating a web3 brand or have a business in here or a digital content creator and we're really just going to dive in to try to get the best answers or your thoughts on on how to go about uh, your approach on social media. So first I want to thank you Nikki for for coming up and um, doing this. I know you're full of knowledge and I want to really tap into your thought process to help myself out, uh, maybe help Kaylin out as we are also building our brand and also help our community here today. I will also wanna welcome everybody to the Mastermind Owls podcast. Today, we're gonna to be diving into mastering your social media with Nikki from Polygon. We're gonna go ahead and start our questions. So Nikki, are you ready? I am, yes. All right, so the first question I have for you is for Web3 brands or businesses, that are struggling with low engagement, what are three actionable steps that you would recommend them to boost their social media presence? Okay, I've consolidated it to three. Okay, it, 
it really depends on what platform we're talking about. But in Web3, no one talks more than crypto Twitter. So I'm just going to focus there. Um, so immediately, and I see Smokey in here. And so like he can attest to this, but immediately I feel like an easy win is to just join other Twitter spaces. Um, basically, Smokey, who's also in here, you should follow him if you're not following him. But that's how he built his following. He created Twitter spaces from nothing. And now he's leading so many Twitter spaces and has grown. His engagement is incredible. It's like Twitter spaces, get on a Twitter spaces, get on other people's Twitter spaces um, and talk. Typically, if you're saying something worthwhile, people will automatically follow you just because you joined the Twitter spaces and had something to say. Um, so that's my number one. My number two um, is having fun. GIFs, videos, memes, these are like, they help improve your organic Twitter engagement. I mean, right away. Um, you can monitor top accounts and keep an eye on like what's trending. Um, a recent example that we did uh, was the day after the Golden Globes. Um, you know, there was this whole Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez meme. Um, it was starting to go around. We really wanted to use it. And we were like, how, how can we use this? Let's try to figure out something today. Well, that day was the whole SEC Twitter post thing that happened. And we went ahead and we used that um, for our inspiration, for our caption. Um, and it was a hit. And it even got us some new followers. So you can go see that on our, our main channel, OX Polygon Labs. Um, so yeah, having fun, that's number two. Uh, number three um, is asking your audience the type of content that they value. If you're sitting there constantly coming up with tweets that are like, try our product, try our product, join our group. Um, that doesn't always sit well with people because in crypto Twitter, everyone wants to, everyone wants everyone else to engage with their project. So you have to know your audience and you have to de deliver the type of content that they want. Um, and that's a good first step. A good first step is just to ask them. Um, so those are my three. I love those three, and uh, I, I I failed at this when I first came into the space when I was a digital artist. I would literally just share my OpenSea link every day, just <laughs> no no content. And if you've been in this space, there used to be creators that say, hey, I'm a collector. I've got a certain amount of my wallet. Drop your NFT below. I'm going to buy. And that's the only thing that I was doing, and I wasn't getting that type of engagement. And uh, I think what really worked for me is exactly what you said right yeah. is go go in a space and drop knowledge don't even talk about your project just drop knowledge on like what's valuable what what's on topic like what are we actually talking about mm -hmm. uh and provide some insights and i feel like that's how you're going to gain organic and kaylin you can attest to it is how strong thought leadership is and 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 how how strong getting people to recognize you as a leader in this space and what that can do over time Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of want to go to my um, my my next question. This is kind of tailored to what we talked about. The first one is for Web three brand and businesses that are struggling to create compelling content. And I know we talked a little bit about on topic, you know, trending content. Mm -hmm. You know, what are some actionable steps that you would take to enhance the quality um, and and you know the relevance of their social media posts? Yeah. Okay. So like I mentioned, this is like my, this is what I pride myself on and, or, you know, just what I feel most passionate about, I should say. Um, you have to understand 
that, again, we're talking about Twitter and focusing on Twitter and all of them really. Um, it's primarily used for two things, which is getting information and also entertainment. So for me, the first thing is using the format that the algorithm tells you perform well. So like that's long format content and video. Invest in video, guys. It's everything. Like I, I can't express that enough. Video is expensive to make and, and it takes like creatives to create that. But that is a good investment. Um, number two would be to humanize your brand. Um, this is where I have found success for Polygon Labs with the ZK EVM documentary, like I mentioned, the weekly briefing. We just did the Polygon ID infomercial that had so much engagement. Um, as digital as we all want to be, like humanizing your brand, like we, everyone wants to feel connected to other people, you know, and humanizing your brand is just a great way to do that. Um, and like to hear from your founders and your employees and your DAO and your devs, like it's just really crucial to humanize your brand. Um, my belief, um, storytelling. So I have this tweet pinned in my, uh, Twitter profile and I really do mean it. And it says tech talk in web three, um, is crucial. It's how you win the minds. Storytelling, however, is underutilized and underestimated. It's how you win the hearts. And I really, really do believe this. Um, the Polygon Tech, for example, it's incredible. And like the people who are developing it are like even more incredible. And that piece has really helped bring the full picture out there for the audience and can help like your, your community, like they want to evangelize you. And so if you win the hearts, that's an even stronger like motivator for them to do that. And you can win the hearts by storytelling. So those are my three things. I love that. Uh, and that's something Kaylin and I have been talking about our last two episodes. The first one we talked about is how to, you know, you know, how to brand yourself in 2024, how to grow your brand. And then we talked about brand strategies and it's right in line with what you're saying here today. And I'm so happy that you're here today to talk about these things. And these are the things that sometimes it's hard to understand. And I think over time, the more you do it, I think the easier it's going to get for content creators or businesses to understand. And I think, you know, Kaylin and I always talk about always look at the analytics, look, at, you know, make data driven decisions, see what people are saying about, you know, their products or, or get the reviews or see what posts are doing better than others. And I think when you're trying to create that compelling content, it's always good to kind of measure those, those type of things uh, in line to see what's really working well and what's also what's resonating well within your community. Kaylin, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thanks. I think that flows right into my next question, which, you know, has to do with your target audience. So in the context of brand positioning on social media, I was wondering if you can suggest a few practical strategies that businesses or brands can implement to strengthen their brand identity and resonate with their target audience. You know, as we're talking about developing a voice and remaining consistent, but being able to be adaptive in certain situations, I think this is a really, this will be helpful to get some practical and tactical advice from you. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely start off with, um, know your messaging. I would put that in all caps, like know your messaging. This is so important to know who you are, what your mission is and have a strategy to get there and always have that in mind with everything you do. Um, cause if you're confused about who you are, then your audience is 100% 
confused about who you are. And like, this is a fast paced industry. There are so many exciting innovations and so many things to talk about. Um, but if you lose the plot, then everyone's confused and you need to make sure you're always clear about who you are and what your messaging is. That's like so fundamental. Um, next thing I would say is get good design. It is crucial. You want your audience to evangelize and feel proud of sharing your content. So make sure it looks nice. That's like really important. Um, let's see. Community management. I think being responsive matters. Um, these type, like if you focus on community management, it makes you accessible and people really resonate with that. Um, so yeah, those are my top three. I mean, I can go on and on about this, but I tried to limit everything to three. <laughs> no, that's perfect. We appreciate it. And speaking of how do you guys tactically approach being responsive? I think we're in a space, crypto Twitter, Discord, you know, we're in a world where people expect responses 24 seven. Is that something that, you know, you take active approaches to manage or is it just simply we have to figure out how to always be on. Well, um, I don't know if Smokey wants to come on and answer this question, but I, I, we talk about it and Smokey executes, but essentially um, it's challenging um, because everybody wants us to interact with their content. Um, and at first, you know, we don't want to favor anybody um, as well. You know, we're a blockchain. We're like, When Smokey sees something worth interacting with, he's doing it. And even if it's not, uh, even if it's Polygon related or not. And so he also is looking out for those questions of, um, is anyone having trouble? Do they need to connect with our engineers? Because he has a direct line to the engineers. So he's flagging uh, comments, uh, you know, for the engineers that they can respond directly to get people help. Um, I don't know, Smokey, do you want to say any more on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like the great thing about the socials team is that we work with every single vertical, right? So whenever there's like a DM or maybe like there's like certain comments of people like requesting to, you know, maybe get some support or they're interested in coming and building on Polygon, like, like I know the people to, to then go and like direct them to, but yeah, I mean, super important to be responsive to people that are doing uh, stuff. But I mean, there are, you know, obviously you kind of have to sort through the requests. There's definitely requests that's like not, uh, I would say the, mo the most important, right? You just get spammed <laughs> with a lot of stuff. But then there are ones that you kind of have to be like, oh, okay, like, let me get you to the right person. Yeah, I think that's a great way to be able to absorb when you're taking in data in real time. And as Creative was saying, we talk about data-driven decision-making all the time. And so it is another source of data. Granted, it's ad hoc, it's organic, and it can be a bit of a deluge. But I do think that's such an important thing to have your ear to the ground to be listening to what people are asking and talking about. Um, but it is a lot to manage. So. And, you know, please feel free to jump back in, Nikki. Otherwise, I'll, I'll pop Yeah, no. Well, I, I do want to say one more thing. Uh, like, on that same point of community management, um, 
listening and like creating, seeing where your social sentiment are. Smokey does a good job of like every week we're like, okay, well let's see what people were saying last week. Um, and just knowing like the conversations that are happening, negative, positive, neutral, just to, you know, be working towards that positive sentiment. Um, so not just responding, but like, what are people saying? And is it mostly positive? Is it neutral? Is it negative? Because then if it's going negative, then there's some things we need to work on. So yeah, that's all for that one. Absolutely. That's, that's perfect. I, I think that that's the sheer fact that you're super interested in moving sentiment from anywhere negative, neutral toward the positive tone says a lot about who you are as a team and the fact that you care about general sentiment is something that I think really grounds your ecosystem. And that's an amazing thing. So thank you for that. Um, my next question is uh, moving into organizational reach. If an organization is looking to expand its reach on a specific, a specific social media platform, what practical measures do you think they should be focusing on to increase visibility and engagement within the community? So this goes along for any platform. Um, use the algorithm to your advantage. Study with the algorithm. There's tons of threads. There's tons of uh, information out there on the internet to talk about which platform, what algorithm, like, like what the advantages are to using it. Um, um, Twitter, Elon Musk has told us long format content and video will be seen much more than any other content. So lean into that and make that format of content. And there are little tweaks you can do. If you can't like make long videos all the time and you don't have the resource, you can um, use a video GIF. Like that is still counts. And so there's just these little things that you can do. If you're coming out with a blog, think about it. Does your blog... Um, can you repurpose it to have another post to be like a long format um, blog like, you know, post in Twitter? Um, because chances are more people will see that. Um, so I think it's just really being smart about the type of content, um, the format that you're using. Use it, um, like use the algorithms to your advantage. I have a question. Um, I have a question to the community. Uh, everybody here that's listening is how many social media platforms do you use for your brand and business? Go ahead and take a moment and let me know in the comment box, how many social media platforms do you use for your, for your brand or your web three brand? Is it two? Is it three? Are you just using Twitter, Instagram? Are you just using, um, uh, Facebook, right? What are you using uh, and how many of those are there? And I kind of want to tie into uh, what Kaylin is saying is um, when do you know you're ready to, to approach a new platform? How about that? Man, this is, <laughs> this is so timely. Um, we really wanted to feel good about where we were with uh, X before, like we have other platforms, more on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we have a YouTube, um, but, but we really, really focus heavily on X. And I think what, what our game plan now is, and so this is a good question of what we're thinking about now is like, we have six social media handles. You can see them on the affiliates channel of our main channel, OX Polygon Labs. 
we have six branded channels. And so what we've decided to do, and that's going to be happening soon, is we're going to consolidate some of those channels, really, really narrow focus um, to four channels. And we're actually going to start focusing on other platforms more heavily, LinkedIn, Warpcast, um, our Instagram, and so uh, TikTok as well. We used to have a TikTok. I, I didn't like dive fully into and it, but now I want to like consolidate Twitter. So we have more time to focus on other platforms. So it's, it's much better to, I think, do something really well and feel like, okay, I've got this. Um, and now I'm ready to take the next step on another channel rather than spreading yourself too thin and not doing well on any of them, you know? Yeah. I, I, you know, that, that kind of goes into my next question, like, uh, LinkedIn, Right. I think LinkedIn is probably one of my favorite platforms mm -hmm. to use because that's where I see not the not a lot of the, the content creator, but like the executives, the decision makers, the venture capital. Yep. Uh, Kaylin, may, maybe you can help me kind of architect this question is uh, how should you go about using LinkedIn in a Web3 within a Web3 brand? Yeah, so this is what actually we're talking about right now, because. Um, I don't think developers are on LinkedIn for sure. Um, but I think it's used in a different way. I think people are really more interested from what we've seen from the engagement, more interested in, um, the collaborations, the, the, the project announcements of people using Polygon, um, a little bit more of the story. Telling and then the institutional um, big picture. So sometimes it even is bridging the gap between a web two and web three um, thing. But but yeah, I don't think it's like um, for us, for what I'm noticing, the super, super deeply technical content, I don't think does as well on LinkedIn. I wonder if there's also an element of it to the ephemerality of something like X, where posts are taken with a bit more of a grain of salt or they're part of this large wave of movement that's constantly changing. LinkedIn, to me personally, feels a bit more static akin to a resume, right? We sort of came up with LinkedIn being a virtual resume or your CV. And now there is certainly encouraging content and a lot of folks post a lot more frequently, but it's less off the cuff, right? Normally it's well-written blog posts or thought out pieces, comment pieces, and congratulations. That's really what I see a lot of on LinkedIn. And so it feels like you should be approaching it a bit more formally. Whether that's true or not, you know, yeah. isn't really LinkedIn telling us one way or the other, but that to me is the sentiment. And that on X, you can be a little bit more reactionary. You can keep up with you know, ever-changing movement in real time. And that that lack of friction means that that's where you're getting news. That's where things are up to date. And, and you know and can expect it to be relatively unpolished. And that is okay. Agreed. Yep, I agree. So, Nikki, uh, I, I kind of want to ask a little bit around, like, tools, right? Um, do you guys use any tools for your social media platforms? Because you get to this part when you're managing multiple accounts, right? And it's hard. And one of the things that I've learned, I think Kaylin and I have talked about is using automation, uh, marketing automation with, you know, with, with newsletters and so forth. But what about social media? 
do you guys use anything or you have you personally used something that you recommend for businesses trying to get the most reach but automated like a hootsuite or yeah. or anything like that like what do you recommend we've tried some different ones um currently we're using hootsuite um i think i'm going to try out brandwatch just to try it um but i think first for like if you're just starting out and using a tool, I think Hootsuite is a great one to start out with. Um, you can grab your analytics, you can schedule posts, you can, um, you know, do some benchmarking, like bless you if you can figure out uh, social listening on there in this industry, because you have to type in this, um, this Boolean code. Um, and so it's in our industry, social listening, it has been hard on Hootsuite because there's so much junk on there. Um, there's so much spam, you know, NFT giveaway, NFT, NFT, uh, like literally there's so much spam. So we do a little bit more smoking does a little bit more of a manual process for social listening through tweet deck. Um, I feel like that has given us a better, more like honed in approach on social listening, but actually smoking, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but he is currently exploring AI social listening. Um, I mean, we're not too far, but that's something that he's exploring right now. I love that. And the reason why I ask tools like that kind of goes into my next question. When it comes to measuring social media ROI, you know, what key matrix or analytic approaches would you recommend for a business, you know, trying to, you know, find some uh, meaningful insights? Um, I think it depends on your goals. So at first I was really focusing on growth. I wanted to hit that 2 million mark, you know, like I couldn't handle being in between 1 million and 2 million. So I was, uh, really looking at growth, uh, reach, uh, so reach slash impressions. Um, I was looking at how many eyeballs would see this, you know, thing that I'm posting and my tactics really shifted based on, um, the impressions. Once I reached the 2 million goal, you know, we wanted to shift to the strategy um, to engagement because yes, it's a high number, but how do we get these followers engaged with the content? So we really adjust now based on, on like mostly engagement Impressions is like number two, but engagement, I want to see those numbers go up. Um, and finally CTA, how many people are doing what we want them to do? Um, that, that's like really important. Are they going to the blog? Are they doing, you know, minting this NFT? Are they doing what we want them to do? Um, and lastly, I'm experimenting with tracking on chain activity. Um, that one's a little harder because we don't always want a UTM, which is just a link, uh, that, you know, takes, it's just a link that you include. Cause I don't want to include a UTM in every link. So I'm trying to overlap with on-chain activity to see if I can find, but I'm still figuring out like exactly because at the end of the day, you know, that's what we're looking at as a blockchain. So, yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, Kaylin and I were talking about was like search engine optimization, SEO. Mm -hmm. And Kaylin asked me, you know, what are some ways to build your SEO? And um, this was my answer. And I want to know what your thoughts are on this answer. Uh, one I said is to have a really strong website, right? Mm -hmm. Have a strong website because I want you guys to start thinking about your website as like your new employee. So when you're at the gym, when you're at dinner, when you're sleeping, someone can go to your website and that employee 
uh, your website can give them all the answers. And the second part I talked about was the call to action is to direct as much traffic over to your website to really help the indexing and help the the Google you know algorithm recognize that this page people are going there and they're spending time. What what are your thoughts on that and and what 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 recommendations would you give for SEO? I mean, we have a whole a team who works on the website stuff and they do such a great job with the SEO and the blogs. I think like at this point right now Blogs can feel not as important because we have long format, um, you know, like Twitter has a long format blog. Essentially, you could put a whole blog with pictures in there. But but if you're not going to get it's temporary, that's a temporary moment. So things that you want to live on, people can always use that as a resource. Um, So I think it's really, really important. It can be tricky to get SEO right. I think if you're going to hire somebody for SEO, like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get your SEO up like promise, you know, and it's really like it's tricky to do and get right. It's always changing. And um, so it's very important. But, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I go back and forth. I mean, I'm, I'm on social media, so I go back and forth. I'm like, what's the most important for marketing? Um, I, I truly value social media. <laughs> Yes, it's such a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question. What are three things to absolutely not do on social media? Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. I'm sure, uh, let's see here. Well, see, I. it depends, right? Are you a founder? Are you a branded account? Um, okay, I have one for sure. Um, this is kind of hard to do. Um, but as crypto Twitter is a global audience, can we just like think about other cultures and sensitivities? Because like, you just want to be really mindful that you're speaking to a global audience and maybe something that's not offensive to you or your culture could be super, super offensive to other cultures. So just being culturally sensitive um, when you're speaking to a global audience, I think that's really important. And you as well as your founders. Um, so that's one. Um, oh my gosh. I, I would say shill your project 24 seven. That is a big no. Um, you should shill your project, you know, one out of five times or something like that. You want to deliver content that is valuable to the audience and not just show your project. Um, so that's probably number two. Oh, I don't know what my third one is. I just have two right now. <laughs> that works totally fine. Maybe along that vein, I would love to get your take on, again, sometimes when it comes to a brand, you have to you know, maintain some modicum of consistency for, you know, you need to be politically correct. You need to be very sensitive, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all should, but I think that there's an element of authenticity yeah. that can really draw people in when, especially if you're a founder. So what, one thing I'm curious your take on is at what point does a founder or an individual creator become a brand where they need to sort of flip the switch and treat themselves and act like a brand and what do you see as that entailing? Like, what are the sort of distinguishing characteristics between tweeting as, let's say, taking Twitter, right, or X, um, you know, posting as an authentic individual who's talking about their 
view of the world through their lens versus once they become a brand or once they move into associating themselves with a brand, what are the things that they should be mindful of either adding or removing? Okay. So this is a tough one. Founders love to fight. (laughs) They love to fight. They love to disagree. I think it's what keeps crypto Twitter fresh and young. Uh, But that also can bring like hurt also, you know, Um, I think what's really, really, really important. And I think this is across the board. If you are um, like newer or if you're transitioning to like having an established brand is to just like, I don't know, see founders would disagree. I think some would disagree, but just remember that there's like other people working on your project. Um, And so you represent not only yourself, but you represent the team that you have working on the project. So if you're going to go out and just say unfiltered stuff, even though it feels authentic to you, um, I think just remembering that like, it's not just about you. Um, It's about like a whole group of people that you represent. Um, And I think if you're always just keeping that in the back of your mind, you can still be authentic. Um, But just remembering that it's not just about you and your like thought in the moment. You know what I mean? It's like, how does this act? How is this action going to affect everyone? You know? Yeah. Um, Most people don't want to be associated with the brand unhinged. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, You know, and so like, you're going to make mistakes, of course, like we all do. And then you're like, oh, shoot, that was not probably shouldn't have said it like that. And then I think like, something also that's helpful, if you mess up, like, say, I messed up. Sorry. Like, I think like, the worst thing you can do is like, be defensive. And, you know, just like, be authentic, be you. If you mess up, just say sorry. And remember that like, you have a team behind you who's supporting you. And don't say anything that would embarrass them. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I think that's fantastic (laughs) advice. In relation to that, where you have individuals switching over to brands, if I can shift a little bit to individuals interacting with brands, Polygon has an absolutely epic brand identity and lots and lots of people trying to get your attention. How do you recommend individuals get the attention of big brands on social media? I can't imagine tagging them a hundred times a day is really the move, but what have you seen as some successful um, attention grabbers from perhaps smaller brands or individuals? Um, I would say this is the community management portion. Um, It isn't going to be like, send us a DM and say like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? No, you can't talk to us for a minute. But like, like, I would say interact with our, uh, interact with their content. Like they put out content. They're looking to see if people are interacting with their content. Um, And I would say interact with their content. Nick, he goes to like McDonald's and he, they're super into web three, they're a social media person and he posts funny memes and then they post funny memes back and then it opens the door to like conversation. Um, and so I think community management and interacting with other people's content that they spent time working on. Um, if I see somebody who's like regularly like engaging with like a quality message, I would definitely notice that. Yeah, I mean, if you remember that 
the people behind the digital are humans as well. And yeah. appreciating their work is certainly one way they are paying attention. Exactly as you said, you are looking at metrics all day long or someone is taking the time to mm -hmm. sit down and see what's resonating and what's not. So you are paying attention. And if you remember that as an individual, I think that's a great point though about, you know, take the right avenues, take the right channels and understand who it is you should be engaging with to the extent you want to get the right attention and not just exactly. reply guy with, you know, yes. first. Under, Agreed. Under well, Nick, post. I would say Nick, like Nick is always coming to, to me saying like, he knows like everybody's username and he's like, uh, oh, this guy said this and this guy said that. I'm like, who? He's like, you remember last week when I told you about this? it's the same guy? And I'll be like, oh my, like then now I know about this guy who is responding because Nick is looking at it every day, you know? Um, so it's the quality content for sure. Excellent. Absolutely. You, you know, um, I'm guilty of attacking Polygon and be like, what are you guys posting? <laughs> and then I'll get a message from Nikki and be like, leave me alone. Don't troll us. That is um, not an exaggeration. That is 100% <laughs> true. Definitely uh, been like, what are you doing? And I'm like, can you, what are you doing? You're such yeah. a hater right now. <laughs> so, um, and and that's me not understanding um, the community at times, and I yeah. really felt short of that. Yeah. And I got really educated in 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 that perspective from from you guys. And that kind of goes to my next question: is is uh, like how do you understand the community? Like like because like what is your take of like helping like a content creator create content for their community to understand that this meme is is going to be okay and this meme is definitely not going to be okay you know what, what is like what is that balance for for you on that well i have people that i use as like a vibe check um i message them even if they're on my team or not on my team i don't only ask my team i ask like people who we have in our community team i ask our devs if it's something a little controversial i'll ask legal <laughs> um so it's really just throwing like with that kind of stuff is just getting vibe checks, have good people around you who you can be like, Hey, is this too much? Or is this not too much? Is this funny? Does this seem funny to you? Do you understand what this means? Um, vibe checks are like really important. I love that you said that because here's a real story for you guys. <laughs> what? Last night I created a meme and uh, I showed, I showed uh, my wife and I showed, and I just, and I just held it up. And she didn't laugh. Like there was no reaction at all whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let me try it again. So then I created another one with like Bart Simpson, like really cozed up and says, hey, he just listened to the Mastermind Out podcast. Yeah, yeah. And she actually really laughed at that. And I said, that's it. That's, that's the it. one, right? That's you don't know anything about the brand, yeah. but it can get you excited about that. And I kind of want you to kind of just dive in. If, I know we're, we're kind of short on time. Let's talk about kind of like the, the, using memes to enhance your brand uh, and make you know, kind of making fun of yourself, but the community, but in a positive way. Yeah, totally. So I've gone through this meme battle of like, I don't want to put a meme out just to put a meme out. I want to make sure it hits, right? I love the way Netflix, I think Netflix is a good brand to like, when they're coming out with like a new show, the memes that they come out with are just like, they hit, they're, they're good, you know? Um, and so for memes, like, I think it's rather than like, let's put out a meme a day, you know, strategy. Like I want 
to see the funny memes and I want it to like hit rather than like putting out cheesy memes just to get a meme out. Um, so yeah, I think less for me, like my personal take is less is more unless you're like this crazy meme content and you can just like pump it out and you know, you're good. Um, but if not, if that's not your like strength, I would just say less is more beautiful. Thank you, you know, we talk about focus. Sorry, I have to chime this in. And uh, it's so easy to get distracted out here, Nikki. I know, it Be- <laughs> because it's like you see this video and then you see that piece of content and you're like, man, that post looks horrible, but I got all this engagement. What am I doing wrong? Right. And I'm just trying to like figure out what is this algorithm is. Yeah. I guess. I, I guess it's just my thoughts on this. Uh, you can agree or not agree. I think when you, whenever you're a content creator or you're creating um, content on social media, Kaylin and I talked about this, is always go back to your brand strategy, your brand yeah. identity, mm-hmm. right? What is my why? Why am I here? What is the purpose? And then who's my target audience? So mm-hmm. I, I think like, you know, if you want to add on to that, like, like what is your initial thought for someone that's kind of getting lost uh, you know, yep. in, in the social media world. Okay. This is, this is a literal pen and paper thing. Take a pen out, whatever, write this down, put this in the show notes, whatever. Here's how you start. You start, get a notion page. You write at the top, uh, 2024 marketing strategy. You write mission. What is my mission at the end of the day with everything that I do? What do I want people to know about me? That is your mission. Okay. Well then, how do we get there? Well, we need to write our strategy. Or no, let's start. I'm sorry. Next, let's do our goals. Our goals. Okay, so what are my goals? Um, and you can have many goals. You can have four goals, five goals, something like that. Um, so start with mission, then switch to goals. What are my goals? Number one, I want to attract developers to use my technology. Uh, number two, I want to uh, boost community engagement. Number three, I want people to think of my brand as like a thought leader in the space, you know, that kind of thing. Number four, I want people to understand the decentralized ethos of my company. Okay, so you have those goals. Under each goal, put strategy and tactics. And so for your first goal, I like to think of this, this is how you can break this down, uh, where you have a goal, strategy, and tactics. You have, my goal is I wanna lose 10 pounds. Uh, my strategy is I want to uh, do that by eating healthier. And your tactic is I'm going to eat eggs in the morning, a salad for lunch, and whatever for dinner. That's how you can think about it. So each goal should have a strategy and a tactic. Um, and you can fill in those tactics with things like events, social media, uh, PR, um, brand design, things like that. And so each of those should plug into each goal. Um, And then everything that you're doing, every tweet that you're doing, every partnership that you're making should lead back to reaching those goals and to that mission. I think that's, and if you have that all in like a Notion page or a Google Doc or whatever, always just have that as like your like source of truth. And then you can always like, you won't lose the plot if you just always have that there.